0: Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettit teaches from the book of Revelation.
1: Chapter 3. Why don't we turn to Revelation chapter 3. We're picking up in verse 7. The title of our message this morning is the faithful church. God's called us to be the faithful church. He, he wants us to be faithful. I I pray that's the case. I I remember in October, the men's retreat at one of my uh, breaks between sessions and all, I called up my wife and, and I was excited to talk to her. And she was just all fired up. She says... You know, she says, honey, you won't believe it. I just talked to this man. He's Jewish. And and I, I shared the gospel with him. And I, I, I gave him scripture. And not only that, he wanted to hear more. So I was showing him, you know, in Isaiah about the Messiah. And I was showing him about, you know, in the Psalms about the Messiah. She was just like, all oh, fired up. And I remember just as I had the phone in my hand, I was looking at my phone. And I was just thinking, what a blessing to have a wife that loves to share Jesus. A, a wife that, you know, loves to to, you know, to love the lost and cares about the lost. And it was so great because she, you know, she's going on and this and this. She goes, and she wants, you know, he wants to meet you and, and he wants to talk with you. And, and, and you know, when can you meet him? And I said, Yeah, well, hold on, hold on, honey. Yeah, I can meet him. And, and we did. I met with this guy and he was so open to the gospel and I got to share with him. We've been entrusted with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church we're going to read about, the church of Philadelphia, they were an evangelistic church. They were a faithful church, but they they were faithful in sharing the gospel. They were faithful in in applying the word and reading the word. They were a church of the word of God. And I'll tell you, as we we look at this letter to this church, uh, it's my hopes that this church is that type of a church, a faithful church. A church that loves to, you know, loves the lost and loves to share the gospel, loves the word of God. And I, and I pray as we, we look at this wonderful church, and we're gonna take two weeks to look at it. Today, we're only gonna look at two verses. We're gonna focus on, I'll read the, the the whole letter, but we're gonna focus on verses seven and eight. But I, I do pray as we, we look at this, there, there's application for us. And I, and I pray that we apply these things not only in the church itself as a whole, but also in our personal lives. So here we're going to read the faithful church. So why don't you look with me again. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, who Opens and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. I know your works. I See, I've set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. And you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I've loved you. Which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him a new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, as a way of reminder, the Apostle John, he's caught up into the heavenlies and he sees Jesus in his glorified state. And Jesus tells him to write. And one of the things that he's told to write, he's told to write, uh, these, these letters to the seven churches. And, and as we've been looking at, these are literal churches. These are, these are actual churches in, in Asia Minor. Today we, you know, modern day Turkey. And, and, and they're an evaluation of how the church is doing. But also we've been looking at, it's seven, so it's a, the number of seven is complete and fullness. So I, I believe this letter goes out, as all seven letters are, are go out, is for, for the complete church, for every one of us to glean off of. So now we have the sixth letter, six out of the seven, and this letter goes to this church in Philadelphia. And so we, we look back in our text, if you can, verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia right? Philadelphia was located 30 miles southeast of the city of Sardis. I love this map. I, I showed this last week, but don't you love that map? You know why I love it so much? Because it's just so much detail of where these churches were located, and it shows the island Patmos out there in uh, the Mediterranean Sea. And you can see. You see Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, and Philadelphia is the one we're looking at. So you can see it's uh, southeast From Sardis, and then the next one we'll look at was the Laodicea. So you see there, it's Asia Minor, where it says that that's Greece, modern-day Greece. If you look down there, there's Jerusalem. So it gives you a good, you know, good way of looking at where where these uh, churches were located. So there, 30 miles southeast uh, for more background, the original purpose behind this key city was to make it the center of, of spreading uh, the Greek language, uh, to spread the Greek culture. So they, they wanted to use this city as a, like a springboard to spread the, the Greek culture throughout the region. Good thing to note, they suffered many uh, earthquakes there, frequent earthquakes. But this is what I like. It, it's, a, it's a city that still exists in Turkey today, and it's known as Allah-Shahir, Allah-Shahir which means city of God, but the name Philadelphia, it means brotherly love. I like that. Brotherly love, Philadelphia. Uh, In verse 9, it talks about how Jesus loved them, but not only did Jesus love them, but they loved others. They had brotherly love, and I, I believe that's so important in the church today that we have brotherly love, that we love one another, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about they'll know that you're Christians by the love you have one for another. And I think far too often the world looks at the church and they see, you know, division. They see bickering. They see, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy things. And, and it shouldn't be that way. There should be unity in the church, in the body of Christ, love, you know, that love. And this church was known for brotherly love. Uh, they believe, you know, it was known for, for its love. You know, I love when people say that when they come to this church. I, I hear people come up to me and say, Pastor, this is the most loving church I've ever been to. And I just give them a big hug. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, it's beautiful. But it's, 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 a, it's a blessing as a pastor to hear that. I hear that all the time. All the time, I I hear people say that. I new people come up to me and say, Pastor, I want to tell you, this is the most loving church I've ever been to. You know, their congregation, they they have the love of God. They reach out to me. They're ministering to me. They want to know how I'm doing. And and I'm like, I I want that to continue. I want this to be like the Church of Philadelphia, brotherly love in the church. We're going to be starting, with that being said, we're going to be starting a new ministry. It's called REACH, and what we're going to do after this service, uh, immediately following this service, Pastor Shane will be in the fellowship hall if you want to be a part of the ministry. And it, again, we're going to call it reach. And what it is, we're asking you to, after the service and even sometimes before the service, to reach out to people that are maybe new in the church. And we want to get a group together to, to you know, make sure nobody steps in this church for the first time or second time that doesn't get loved on. We, we want to make sure, and it's as simple as everybody can do this. We want you to step out of that ministry of me, myself, and I ministry, okay? Because that's a bad ministry, me, myself, and I. It, just, it's, it's, it, it, it brings depression. Do you know when you take your eyes off yourself and you minister to others, God ministers to you? And if you, if you focus on self, you are going to be a depressed person. And so we, we have this ministry. We want to encourage you. Anybody can do this because basically what you're going to do is just look around you know, and see, is there new people in the church or is there someone here that, that the Lord will lead you to? And I, this is when I was working, or working, serving, I don't work, but serving at Calvary Costa Mesa as an assistant pastor on Sundays, I would start my Sunday. I'd get there early. I'd start. I'd pray, Lord, give me a divine appointment today, at least one. And I took it very seriously and I would pray and pray and I'd walk through the sanctuary and say, Lord, open my eyes to someone that needs to be ministered to. And every Sunday, practically, God would lead me right to someone to get ministered to that needed ministry. Sometimes leading people to Jesus Christ. And I'd love that ministry. And anybody can do it. Again, it's just a, it's a ministry, just looking, you know, you know, just praying, okay, Lord, who needs to be ministered to? Lord, is there anybody here for the first time? Open up my eyes, let me see. And then, and then you just walk up to them and just say, hi, you know, my name's so-and-so, and that's it. And maybe that's all you need to say. Say, hey, welcome to our church. It's so good to have you. And that might be it. But you know, that might mean the difference of that person maybe coming back, that maybe will never go to church again. God wants to reach through us. The Church of Philadelphia was a loving church. And who knows? God might use you to maybe even lead someone to the Lord, or just pray for that person that, that needs prayer. And if you're not comfortable praying with them, or you can just say, "Well, you know what, Let, let's go up front. The pastors are up front. They, they would love to pray for you. But you can do that." Church of love. Brotherly love. I, I pray that this church falls in that category. Great verse that goes with this. Romans 12:10. It says, "Be kindly affectionate to one another. With, can we say that together? Brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. This verse alone tells me that God's saying, I want you to have brotherly love. I want you to put others first. I want you to serve. And as you do that, guess what? This scripture is telling me, God's saying, you're serving me. When you do that, it's like you're serving me. We we want to serve Jesus well. When we serve others, uh, Paul the apostle is saying, when you do that, it's really serving me. Another great verse that goes with this: Romans five five. If you're a note taker, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who is given to us. I love this verse. Because this tells me that the Lord's love can be poured out on all of our hearts as believers. It says, hope doesn't deceive. Are you disappointed? Are you hopeless today? Well, guess what? All you need to do is say, Lord, restore my hope. Pour out your love in my heart. Lord, I really don't care if there's new people in the church, you might say. You better say, Lord, pour out your love in my heart, because God cares about the new people in the church. God, I don't care if people are depressed. I'm awfully depressed. Why should I care about their depression? Well, that verse should speak to you. And you say, Lord, pour out your love in my heart. Give me eyes to see people the way you see them. Restore my hope, Lord. And as I do that, I'm, I'm, I'm serving you. Isn't that great? God has love ready to pour out. You know, I think of that. You know, God, God's, it's like he's in heaven like this. He's ready to pour out his love. And all things he's doing is waiting for us to ask. He's like, is anybody? I guess Nobody. And all you need to do is, Lord, I need more love. And he just, okay, thanks for asking. He just pours out his love in your heart. But if you're focused on self, if you're focused on that me, myself, and I ministry, I would say turn from that. And just say, Lord, no, you, Lord, and others, show me. Pour out your love in my heart. This church was a church of brotherly love, the church of Philadelphia. And I pray that we're that church. Again, if the Lord's prompting your heart, please, if you feel called to do that, we would love to have you be a part of that team. So we want to reach out to more people. So um, after the service, it's in the fellowship hall. We'd love you to be a part of that. But look back at verse 7, if you can, with me, back in our text. These things says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens, and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Don't you love that verse? He was holy. What do you think about when you think of God being holy? He's holy. What comes to mind? You know, you don't want to think that, you know, God, Jesus has a um, a tendency to be holy. He has a holy tendency. No, no, this describes his being, who he is. He, said, he didn't say, I, I have a tendency, you know, This is he who has a tendency to be holy. No, he says he is holy. He who is holy, he says, I'm holy. He's pure. He's perfect. He's flawless. He's sinless. He has no sin. He's he's perfect in every way. He is God in the flesh. He is God the Son, and he's telling this church and he's telling us, I'm holy. And I believe he's telling this church, because it's a loving church, and he's saying, I'm holy, just stay with me, and I'll I'll keep you pure. I'll keep you holy. You can't do it on your own, but I have holiness. I'm going to fill you over and over with my Holy Spirit, because I'm holy. We need his Holy Spirit. We need his holiness. And when we become born-again believers, this Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and and he starts perfecting us. There's a work of sanctification that takes place as we seek his face, as we turn away from sin. And this church was a a church that has no... He's not condemning them in any way. There's nothing to condemn them in this letter. And he's saying, no, no, I'm holy. You guys are on the right track. Just stay in my holiness. Continue to, to be in my holiness, so he who is holy, I love that. He purifies us, He sanctifies us. He who is true, meaning he's not fake, he's real, he's genuine, he's totally trustworthy, he's totally reliable, He's the real thing. Maybe you've had someone in your life that has betrayed you or lied to you or deceived you, not Jesus. And I'm sure probably every one of us here could probably, if I was to ask the question, have you ever been lied to or deceived or, you know, has someone, you know, just really messed you up and you, you know, you, you thought you can trust them, but they, they weren't trustable. You, 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 they did something to you. And I I bet every one of us say, yeah, that's me. It's happened, but never with Jesus. You can trust him. You can trust his word. He's true. And with a world we're living in that's full of uh, deception and falsehood, we can go to him and he's true. We can go to his word and his word is true. I remember one of the things, you know, coming to the Lord, I, I mean, I was just, I was going through, before I knew Jesus, you know, I was just going through all kinds of stuff, I was having, you know, had panic attacks, you know, and I would just get depressed sometimes, and I did actually, I had panic attacks, and I went to the doctor, and he says, oh, you struggle with depression, I go, what's that, I'm not depressed, I get panic attacks, he says, no, that's a case of being depressed, and because you're depressed, you have panic, I am like, I, I'm really not depressed, and he's like... <laughs> And then I was looking for help all over the I was like, well, who can help me? Who can help me? Well, when I opened my heart to Jesus Christ, that was my help. He's true. And I, I go to his word, and his word says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. And I was like, that's what I need to hear. That's truth. I mean, God in heaven, the God of created, created everything, the whole world and everything is in it, tells me, never be anxious. I want this God. And not only does he say, don't be anxious, but he gives us the power of his Holy Spirit that he gives us peace that guards our heart and mind, that it will get us through any difficult time that we go through. He's true. When his word says something to you, you can bank on it. And I wonder how many Christians aren't banking on the word of God. Whether you just read it? Or sometimes you quote, well, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God surpasses all understanding, guards your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. I know I read it. I know it's there, but it's not helping me. You can just apply it into your life. By faith, you can trust his word to be true. You can trust his word that if he's in your life and you love him, he's going to work everything out that's going on in your life for his good, for his glory, for his purpose, and for his plan. And it might not be the way you want, and it might not be comfortable, but you can trust by faith. We have a God that's in control and a God that you can trust. It's he who is true. He's holy and he's true. He who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Keys speak of authority. David was the king over Israel. And I, I believe he's saying, you know, I'm the key, I have the, kings to the, the keys to the kingdom. I believe that's one understanding of that. I, I have all authority in heaven, and I'm the only one that can open the door and let you in. I'm the door to heaven, and I have the key. And through Jesus, we can go to heaven and be one with him. Who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I think that speaks about opportunity to minister to others, to share the gospel. Many times when I meet a person for the first time, I, one of the things I pray almost constantly, I, I'll meet someone, I, I'm praying as I meet, you know, I just, I, I talk to people and in my mind. I'm, sometimes I'm half listening because I'm half praying, but it, it works still, it works out. <laughs> but a lot of times I'll pray, Lord, open a door for me. And if you pray that prayer, I'm often amazed. You know, I'll just get in a conversation, meet someone for the first time. They don't know who I am. They don't know anything about me. And I'm praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, open the door. And all of a sudden, they'll say something like, oh, yeah, well, and they'll they'll bring up a spiritual question. Where do you go to church? Like, they just ask me where I go to church. That's an open door. God opened a door. And it's a wonderful prayer because he opens doors that nobody can shut. Verse 8, I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Jesus is commending this church, saying, I see what's going on. I know your works. And He says, I've set before you an open door, and I, I believe he's commending them, saying, you are, op- you are going through those doors, those opportunities that I'm giving you. You're taking advantage of them. And then the little strength, I I believe he's saying that you guys are small or you guys are, you know, you don't have a lot of strength, but you rely on me. You have a, a little strength, but you're using that power and that strength that I've given you. And then if you notice, you've kept my word. There were a church that stayed in the word of God. They kept the word. They applied the word. They just didn't hear the word and have not denied my name. They were an evangelistic church. They shared the name of Jesus. So what a church. But I want to focus on that part where it says, I set before you an open door and no one can shut. I'll tell you, I'm constantly praying in in ministry, Lord, open doors in this ministry. And I'll tell you what, I, I am totally blown away at the doors that the Lord opens for this church. I really am. I think of the labor of love outreach and how we're on the state beach and we do a concert and we, you know, a church this size. We have, you know, these big bands and we've got last year over 10,000 people on the beach. And I'm like, wow, all we did was say, Lord, open a door. But I, I look back at that story, and I realize that we say, Lord, open a door, Lord, open a door, Lord, open a door. And actually, we, we prayed that for many years. Lord, we feel you, we, we're supposed to be outside of these walls. We feel, we, you know, it'd be nice to have a, a beach concert somewhere out there. We were thinking of the green belt out here and that little patch of green spot. And we're like, okay, Lord, we I guess we don't have a big stage, but that's okay, Lord, and let's put a small stage up there. And that's what we thought. We just said, okay, we're going to we'll open a door, open a door. And then he kicked open the door at the state beach. And the gospel's going forth, and it's an open door. And I pray that in our personal lives, we're praying, Lord, open a door. I like this saying someone once said, and unbelief will see the obstacles, but faith will see the opportunities. Unbelief will see the obstacles, but faith will see the opportunities. And when God opens a door and and he's showing you this is the way, you know, sometimes we can say, well, Lord, there's a lot of obstacles, Lord, and I don't know. And that's a big venue, the beach, really that's the state beach, and that's a lot of, and I don't know, that's a lot of money to get some of these bands. Oh, I don't know about this, Lord, I don't know. And then, you know, sometimes we can just look at all the obstacles and say, you know what I like to do? This is what I typically do. When God opens up a door, I'm saying, God, that's it. Stop me now, but I'm just going to keep walking. And if I'm going too far, shut the door, Please because I see this as an open door from you. And I don't want to put obstacles up. And those obstacles, that come our way, Lord, take them down. Take them out of the way because you put an open door before us. I love sharing my testimony on how I I actually was put into full-time ministry. And I love keeping that testimony alive because it's an open door. And I remember I was in Michigan. I was the youth pastor and small little youth group and here I was even new in the Lord and you know I'm trying to teach Bible studies and actually these kids were, you know, these kids knew the Bible when they were little and now they're, you know, they're in junior high and high school and, and they could teach me and the, the Lord was just blessing it though. And I remember I went to a pastor's conference in Indiana, and I, I'm sitting there. It's my first pastor's conference, and I'm just, you know, the, uh, Chuck Smith was teaching, and I'm like, oh, Lord, this is so good. Damian Kyle was there, and, and after Damian Kyle, you know, was speaking, the Lord was just, you know, I'm just writing notes and writing notes. I'm like, this is so good, God. And, and then, you know, it was a, a break to go to the restroom, and everybody's getting up to go to the restroom. And I'm like, you know, it was one of those, I don't know if you ever had one of these moments, the Holy Spirit was working so much, I was like, I don't even want to move. And I just sat there. I'm like, Lord, I don't even want to move from this spot right now. And as I'm sitting there, the the band was getting ready, the worship team, and I'm watching them, and and I was thinking, wow, they're probably in full-time ministry. Boy, that must be an awesome thing to be in full-time ministry. And I was just kind of pondering that and talking to the Lord and praying. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, let it go. He was talking about the corporate world because I was in the corporate world. Shook hands with the owner to be 51% owner of a very large company at the time. And I was blown away. I was like, the Lord just spoke to me. And I told someone about this, a mature Christian. You know, I wasn't that old in the Lord. So I says, hey, this is what happened. What do you think? I I think the Lord wants me to let go of of the corporate world and just be in ministry. And he was like, well, he's like, well, you know, I'll support you any way I can, but uh, you you should confirm this and make sure this is God. And I said, okay, that's great, confirm it. And I'll tell you, every time I opened up the Bible, every time I did a study, the Lord was speaking to me, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. I've got better for you, let this go. I have plans for you.
0: Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714 788 8221. That's 714 788 8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California. 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington, Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.